So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to start off by saying thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I. I hope you all enjoyed listening to us uh, reminisce on our summer experiences as youths, so kids, teenagers, and now more recently as adults. So now for episode 64 of Easy Conversations, I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. So it's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day right now. Tonight's going to be a great episode. I mean, I have my rum and coke right here. So, you know, if I say anything too controversial, that's my excuse. Eric, introduce our guest because I can't wait to like start this up. Yes, yeah, so I'm extremely excited to introduce to the podcast my friend and musical connoisseur who will help us navigate through the world of music in cinema, the homie Katrina Blumquist. Say what's up to the people. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be here. Musical connoisseur, those are, <laughs> those are big words. I'm just abroad who's got Spotify play it all day. That's That's about it. Way to downplay it. I was setting the bar high, but it's like I mentioned earlier, our topic for today's episode will be the importance of music, soundtracks, and score in movies and TV shows. So before we fully get into all of that, Katrina, I do want to ask you about your musical background. So you mentioned Spotify quickly. Can you recall when you started getting into music and what some of your favorite music genres are? Um, so my parents started putting me in piano lessons when I was five. I've always played an instrument at home and then at school. We had band and then got into the singer-songwriter phase, picked up guitar. Um, I am a little bit younger than Britney Spears. So when she was big, I was in high school and everybody wanted to be a, a singer. And I didn't want to rely on a band. So I started playing my own music and did that for for a couple of years. It's just always been something that speaks to me and, and the diversity of it. I studied classical music in college, not playing classical music, but like classical music history and studying opera and things like that. But I'm really a rock and roller at heart. I just like to rock out. I have to say that my portal to like allowing new music and new bands in kind of closed about 10 or 15 years ago. I worked at HMV in 2007, oh, 2008, and I was pretty hip pretty on the on the nose at that time and now i don't know what hip is anymore i'm i'm old and i listen to 90s rock and pink floyd and that's that's my thing that's my thing it just there's there's music for every mood i just i just love it shout out hmv used to rip that spot up every time i went to the mall i still go to sunrise records whenever i go to plaster i'm showing my age already So you seem to have like a very wide palette for appreciation of music, like classical to rock and roll. Like when you're listening to like watching a movie or a TV show, like is that something that you really look for in a movie or a TV show? Like diff- a variety of different music? Right away, if I like the music in a movie, I'm into it. I'm paying attention. I'm alert. My ears are open. I mean, thinking right off the top of my head, like Captain Marvel, I found was a kind of a mediocre film. Sorry, sorry, I see some raised eyebrows there. <laughs> but uh, oh. but the music was spot on the nose. It was mostly female artists. It was it was music from that time. It was 90s. Again, I'm, you know, grew up at that time, but it really it went with the mood. It really brought me along with the experience because it's something that I connect to, it's stuff that I know. It's a new movie, but I know the songs. So you've got that familiarity. You're already in that mood and that mindset of this is that time and that place. That's the power of music to me. And hearing a song and thinking about a scene from a movie, but we'll have lots of time to get into that kind of stuff later, that association with the memory and the music. I'm, I'm glad you said, though, 
the importance of like making a mediocre movie into like it elevating it the music and like that's that's what i want to like start off what we're going to talk about first is like well let's start with soundtracks how important a soundtrack is to a film and to me like when i was a teenager the first time it hit me where a soundtrack could elevate a movie that much was dazed and confused which came out in uh, 93 i remember watching that and like my favorite movie soundtrack of all time it's got all classic rock songs but particularly the music cues in that movie are perfect like alice cooper schools out when the kids are coming like on the last day of schools when they're uh, rushing out of their classes and alice cooper no more mr nice guy when they're getting beaten down each scene gets heightened up by those classic rock songs that are on the in the soundtrack so to me that's the perfect example of a a movie that's good but gets elevated to a masterpiece in my opinion because of the soundtrack i don't know what do you guys think of that movie i mean i couldn't agree more matt and i'll speak kind of to the marvel aspect that katrina just mentioned about captain marvel i don't really remember the soundtrack to that movie specifically like off the top but one that i've seen more times and i think is elevated because of its soundtrack as a classic one is gardens of the galaxy like that Mm. nostalgic not really from like i didn't grow up in that era with those tunes there but like that's a classic soundtrack that really elevates a movie and is what makes many people love gardens of the galaxy we'll get into listener submissions later but that's something that came up a lot was people loved that soundtrack also on the rock topic though matt like i know this is kind of a musical as well there but school of rock soundtrack Mm. didn't plan on talking about this there but killer soundtrack and always gets me fired up like listening to those rock songs there good stuff guardians can i just touch on guardians there that you said it's significant the music because um of course that's one that came to mind too when we when this topic came up and i started reading a little bit about it and about how james gunn chose the songs and this idea that there's all this sort of supernatural and like science fiction kind of extraterrestrial beings but they've got peter quill who's a human being and he's walking around with a walkman of these old songs on this cassette tape and his mixtape is his connection to earth and his connection to sort of saying, this is, this is a person and these are his memories. And he's, this is a real person from planet earth. Who's like you and me, but he's out there in outer space doing all this stuff, but he's got this little walkman that just keeps on ticking. And that's, that was really cool. That was a great usage of, of music and movies. I, I couldn't agree more, especially like David Bowie's moon age daydream Preach. when they're approaching nowhere in the movie. Perfect music. Cue. That was just as perfect yeah. as the immig- Yeah, perfect oh, as like in Thor. Yeah, Thor three, the immigrant song oh, by Led Zeppelin. Fire me up. Epic. Yeah, epic. Marvel's done a great job. Let's not Absolutely. like they've gone for more the soundtrack and mm-hmm. wow. Iron Man as well, right? Like that also had a true soundtrack. A lot of uh, yeah. ACDC and ACDC. Yeah. It to me like the 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 timing of the song is almost as important as what song they're choosing. Like. A perfect music cue when you're in the theater sends full, sh- like, you get full goosebumps when it happens. It's just perfect. And Marvel has done this beautifully, as we've just talked about. But, like, in terms of whole, sa- in terms of, like, a whole soundtrack for a film, I would say Dazed and Confused. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Yep. I can just, I listen to that soundtrack all the time. I just love the synthy, like, like, yeah lo-fi like i don't know like i don't even know any of these artists where i didn't before but i just love those songs now and it just makes me happy like listening to the songs make me think of a movie so i'll just be like walking down listening to the soundtrack and i'm in love with that soundtrack in that movie so it's another example of 
an amazing soundtrack that makes the movie like elevates it to a masterpiece for me like every good movie in my opinion has to have great a great score or a great soundtrack and that one does <laughs> agreed and yeah. so on drive like i've only seen that movie once but i always remember like the opening scene where there's the song called night call that plays as yep. he's driving through the city just an absolute like kind of eerie vibes like gloomy but techno as well upbeat yeah dark sets the tone for the movie i couldn't agree more that a good like an amazing soundtrack elevates a movie to from good to great or great to masterpiece, etc. But um, I wonder where like these, like, I don't know if it's the director that's choosing the so- songs that are chosen there in every single case, or if it's like a sound editor or something there, producer, but I always wonder like, that's kind of a reason. So I'm a known hip hop advocate, but one of the reasons that I started listening to other genres is like, because of these movies, like I just picture these directors editing these movies and finding like all these random, very obscure songs from other countries as well. Sometimes in mm-hmm. some movies or TV shows, and think like, oh, how do they know all this like diverse music that's out there? Like there is more than just rap. So I am very thankful for these movies to introduce great soundtracks and then artists. I just wonder, like, did they all study music when they got into the movie game? I don't know. I, I think you can tell which directors are you know, like music buffs because mm-hmm. like like Quentin Tarantino is the perfect oh. exa- example. He has Pulp Fiction has these songs I would have never have listened to, but now everyone knows these songs because of Pulp Fiction, and that's the perfect example right there of like a music lover putting in his love in his movies and not going for like the mainstream hits. Although I think I don't know if maybe they were mainstream when those songs came out, but that's I think that's a perfect example right there. Yeah, agreed. Had it on my list. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. Love that song. <laughs> no, and and Tarantino's been out like gone on record saying he's a huge music lover, and he loves like he's a big uh, lover of old like movie scores. That's why all his movies like sample from uh, old like uh, like Inglorious Bastards is all yeah. like spaghetti western inspired and Hateful Eight. I mean, Ennio Morricone won an Oscar for Hateful Eight, but he's a legendary Italian composer for movies and that actually i'm just gonna say it right now he my favorite score to any movie is the good the bad and the ugly scored by neo morricone love that movie the score is iconic like anyone everyone's heard of it even though you haven't seen the movie you've heard like it's a meme right now like the the ecstasy of gold like the last song in the last scene is like turned into a meme or a gif or whatever those videos are called (laughs) but that like that's the reason i have a poster hanging above my fireplace of that movie that's how much i love that score when the characters are talking and that score is playing right after they're talking like the cues are perfect um i mean i could talk about that movie all day and we're gonna stop talking about it now i'm gonna start dissecting every scene but uh, to me like that's the power of like I get more into the movie when the music's good, you know, like dialogues, a good dialogue's essential, but like if the movie's stylized and has a good score or soundtrack, I'm right in there and I don't have time to look at my phone or be bored. I'm just like enjoying the music, even if it's not necessarily a thrilling scene, the music makes it thrilling. Example, Drive, there's a lot of slow motion scenes and non-dialogue scenes, but they always have that great song and like playing, so that is the reason why it makes a movie better it just cuts all the downtime and you're not bored you know what's really cool though matt is when you get like a good soundtrack i know you've got like over three thousand movies like behind you as we speak (laughs) 
I don't know if you buy CDs. I still buy CDs. I'm going to continue to show my age through the duration of this episode. That's okay. <laughs> but I really enjoy listening to the soundtracks on their own later. And then you just like relive or even just if a song comes up on a playlist or on shuffle or on the radio, you can just vividly you're transported back to that scene. If there's a good, uh, if there's a good cue, like you're talking music cues. I mean, when you said Pulp Fiction, I just hear that surfing song, you know, <laughs> that was it the tornadoes, the name of the band. I can hear that like right away. Yeah. And it's, it's so vivid. It's, it's great. I just, I love to listen to soundtracks and the, the thing about, I like albums as well. And I like when albums have a beginning and a middle and an end. Mm-hmm. I'm not so much of a singles person. I like a full album and an, a soundtrack album is cool because you kind of get to re-experience the movie in your own little way while you're doing other stuff. It's, I love that. Oh, you're the movie fan. I'm the music fan. It's kind of a cool marriage of uh, the two there. I'm also like a bit of both as well. But um, so Katrina, <laughs> what are some of your go-to soundtracks that you'll listen to? So when you said soundtracks, the very first CD I ever bought was the Dangerous Mind soundtrack. Like 1995. Yeah, it's a bit of a throwback. And I am so white. It's it's funny. <laughs> I did listen to it again this week. It holds up. Maybe y'all are too young for this, but like Gangster's Paradise was playing nonstop on the radio that year. It it was huge, mm-hmm. huge. And the rest of the album is, is not too bad either. It's not my genre of music at all, but it was good enough compilation album that I grabbed onto it. What I have found stands the test of time, um, the Big Chill soundtrack. Yes. Love it's, it. My complaint is that it's only about half an hour long. Ten songs, half an hour long. But it is solid, top to bottom. You've got like Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin, Temptations, Procol Harum. It's it's insane. It's music from the 70s and the 60s, but it's a movie from 1983 about white people. And it's like a comedy. It totally, it's weird. It shouldn't go. But it does. But that soundtrack is amazing. I used to listen to the Empire Records soundtrack a lot. Mm. But that was, again, my, my record store working days. I wrote that one down, yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's it's good. And the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, I think, would have to be the other one, I would say. For me, holds up to time. Just the diversity of artists on that. You've got everyone from Radiohead to Prince on that album. That's just a great one. I mean, Boz Lerman has also done great things. You guys don't talk about him too much on, on the podcast, but he does great things with music as well in his films. Couldn't agree more. He's like... You, you feel like he should have had a different career. Like, wasn't he a stage director, maybe? Like, a theater director before? Because that's how all his movies feel like, right? Like a musical and... I don't know. They feel like a play. A play, yeah. yeah. You named some good ones there, though. I always remember when I popped in the Big Chill and hearing Through the Grapevine by Marvin Gaye. Like, in the opening yeah. credits, that yeah. hooked me into the movie. You see, just that one song, I was hooked. So, great examples. Eric, do you have some, like... Yeah, I had a couple written down. So one is in a great movie that I loved, and the other is a horrible movie that I loved the soundtrack. So the the (laughs) former was the Black Panther soundtrack, which was curated by Kendrick Lamar. I can still throw that on, honestly, start to finish. A lot of bangers on there, and Kendrick is on multiple songs, and there are a few songs that are on the radio as well, like All the Stars, Pray For Me, With The Weeknd. That's a great song. Other, like kind of hidden gems like x is a great song on there as well um ops good stuff the, the latter was from a movie that i was highly anticipating based on the trailer which featured one of the songs that's in the soundtrack which was suicide squad while oh. the movie was an atrocity the soundtrack is actually pretty fire it has a lot of really good songs and some original songs like sucker for pain with a lot of artists on there like lil wayne ty dolla sign logic I think Wiz is on there and maybe even someone else. I haven't heard of that song. 21 Pilots, I'm pretty sure. That's a great song. 
hit on the radio. Standing in the Rain, Action Bronson. Yeah, there's some good songs on there, but the movie as itself in itself there just didn't do it for me. Those are the two that I had written down. I had more scores written down, which I know you wanted to get into score versus soundtrack. We can still focus on soundtracks if there's more to mm-hmm. say there, but that's pretty much all I had as far as soundtracks were concerned. Many people did submit some listener uh, submissions for their favorite soundtracks, which we can get into as well. We can get into that like in a bit, but I just want to like say another perfect music cue. And like, I'm just going to say the song and you tell me which, mo- which movie it's from. It's stuck in the middle with you. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Oh, God, Reservoir Dogs. Exactly. Mr. Pink, yeah. Mr. Blonde cutting the guy's Mr. ear Mr. Blonde, off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that cannot, every time it plays on the radio, when we're listening to Shea 1061 at work, I always think of Reservoir Dogs, and then I like tell everybody, "Oh yeah, this is from Reservoir Dogs," and they're like, "We know you've told us a hundred times." <laughs> but, <laughs> um, like just stuff like that's what I like when you said you hear a song and you associate it to a movie. That's what I do with everything, twenty four seven because I'm such a big movie buff. Like everything <laughs> reminds me of a movie, and then like the song is just like we play a game at work where like I hear a song from a movie. I'm like, okay, what movie is that from? And then we got to get it. Like. I don't know. It's the association is like it's insane for me. The only thing that Eric made me think of when he talked about a good soundtrack but a bad movie is Godzilla. Which version? It's it was it's a great soundtrack. It's got like Green Day on it. That's the one that had that Puff Daddy song where he sampled Cashmere by Led Zeppelin and he did it with Jimmy Page. And this was before I had the good sense to know Led Zeppelin's music. Okay, this is this is going too far back maybe, but this is a good soundtrack. But what an awful movie. This is not the Jack Black Godzilla. The 98 God. one, right? Yeah, the 98 Yeah, one. that's it. 98. 98. Broad, Matthew yeah. Broderick. Yeah. I, I liked it as a kid, but I was I didn't know what a good movie was then. So. But the rock, the, the soundtrack was very rock okay. and roll, okay. uh, very heavy. I mean, it's about Godzilla. And like, just think about Brains Do by Green, by Green Day. Like, den it. Perfect. Yeah, den it. Perfect. Yeah. Den it, right? And they sort of like mix that in with like... Like Godzilla noises. It's kind of weird, but it's good. It's good. I remember being in my friend's um, cars. Dad was driving. I'm like 15. And, and, and that song, Come With Me with Buff Daddy, comes on. And he was horrified because they had like bastardized the Led Zeppelin song and made it into a hip hop song. He did not realize that Jimmy Page was actually playing on it, which I don't know if that makes it better or worse. But anyway, wow. good soundtrack, bad movie. That never crossed my mind. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but I'll check out the soundtrack. So yeah, we did get quite a few listener submissions for like soundtracks and scores. So I'll stick to the soundtracks first, then we can get into our score conversation because there is a difference between the two. So Perfect. for soundtracks, we got uh, from my friend Daniel Roloch. He said Black Panther as well. Couldn't agree more. Great pick. The homie Justin Mocktinger, two-time guest, shout out. He put Shrek 1 and 2. Great soundtracks. Gotta show, Sh- gotta show Shreks some love. I need a hero. It's iconic moment. <laughs> Among others. Yeah, the, I have the first one on, like on C- the CD to the first one. Go. Love I think it. We do as well. Like my parents have it. Yeah. In place too. You Classic. got like Joan Jett on there, I think, and they play a version of Hallelujah. No, no, it's a really like diverse soundtrack, and it's really good. Yeah. Then there was, so thanks, Justin. There was the homie Natasha Costel. She said Grease. Ew. You're saying Ew to the the Grease soundtrack? 
the Grease soundtrack aged well, better than the movie apparently in her in her book. No, the movie's still a classic. It it aged beautifully. It's corny and and it's great, and the songs are, are iconic. So I totally agree. Great, amazing soundtrack. Did Beauty School Dropout make the soundtrack cut on that one? Not tell you that. I have no idea. You know, I have to look that up. I actually, have never seen Grease, so can't really comment. I got. I know it's Eric. one of those ones. You know, spent just, my drink it was like now it's my next one. Like Matrix knocked it off the list. You know, there's still a couple. I'm not. I'm only human. I Blind can't spots. See yeah, yeah. It's just slowly getting there. There's like Forrest Matt, Gump. Matt, what are you gonna do with this guy? Forrest Gump, um, Grease. <laughs> those are the ET. Like, those are the big three ones that I've never seen. ET. No shame. Anyways, we'll move on. So thank you, Natasha. Um, <laughs> So the next one is from the homie Kalisin Ud, also guest on the show. So she had Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy, Deadpool, which off the top Ooh. I can't really recall, but Eight Mile, of course I remember that soundtrack. Of course, a classic movie. And like, if there's a scene that includes a musical act that gets me more fired up than the final rap battle, I have not seen it because that's just an all-time moment. Yep. Papa Doc got absolutely worked in that scene, and I could throw Eight Mile on any day of the week. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Falcon got owned in that scene? Falcon, Papa <laughs> Doc, same thing. I can't believe it, it was Anthony Mackie. Yeah, Anthony Mackie. He was great in Eight Mile. Yeah, I think was but, that not uh, one of his first roles too? If not yeah. his first role. Yeah. yeah, that movie gets better with age. Actually, Eight Mile it aged beautifully. It got oh, better yeah. over the years. Yeah. That was Anthony Mackie. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I just made that connection. I'm like, no, it's Mackay Pfeiffer. Oh, he's talking about the other rapper. Damn. Future. Yeah. Wow. No, wow. Eight Mile is great. I mean, the opening song, I already, I think that was one of my answer to favorite lyric. It was from Shook One's part two, and that's how mm-hmm. the movie opens up, right? Yeah. So perfect. All the rap battles are super good in that movie. So yeah, thank you, Kilsin. So my mom also said Gardens of the Galaxy. And then, so I don't know if, I think these are all soundtracks, actually, not really score. So she had quite a few. There was Madagascar, Toy Story, Jungle Book, Lion King, and Beauty and the Beast. So I'm just going to comment on these movies quickly for the most part. Beauty and the Beast, Jungle Book, Lion King, probably a few others that she didn't list there. But we all had, like, on cassette, and we used to put those in the car, like, whenever we'd go on, like, long road trips and stuff, like, to the water park or wherever. And we'd just sing those songs, like, the whole car ride with their cousins who were in there with us as well there. And, yeah, that's what those soundtracks bring me back to. So, the power of music is not to be understated. So, yeah, great picks. I'm <laughs> I'll see. Katrina, what do you think of Disney soundtracks? I remember being a kid and, like, year after year, there was a good stretch there. I think it started with Little Mermaid to Beauty and the Beast to Lion King to, I mean, I even like Pocahontas. I would don't think it's probably appropriate today but uh like every single year there was a hit song and a hit movie to go along with it and uh i loved it as a kid i made it up i i I learned those songs on piano it was it was great it was fun little mermaid i mean (laughs) and now i watch things like pixar movies with my kid and and we've got coco going over here and i love 99 percent of disney soundtracks and pixar move like that's to me it's my childhood too and I, I can't I can't go like anything from the nineties I can't go wrong with. Agreed. Coco got done dirty in our Disney versus Pixar episode, Matt, but anyways. Yeah, I'm 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 salty about that one. <laughs> what did what did what defeated Coco? I don't know, like Wreck It Ralph maybe? I don't I don't know. 
<laughs> I, I forget honestly but i forget too so the next one was from our aunt tant nicole and she also said again gardens of the galaxy it's a big one oh and wow the aforementioned pocahontas so i also remember that as a kid like of course watched pocahontas a lot there i don't remember anything from pocahontas i'll be i'll be very honest right now the movies escaped my colors mind. of the wind vanessa williams Okay. That was the song that that had that one going. Um, the year before was was a juggernaut though. It was um, the Lion King with all the Elton John songs. Mm, right. Yeah, he won Oscars for that. Yeah. yeah, is Vanessa Williams the lady who wrote a thousand miles? That's, That's Vanessa... Vanessa Carlton. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Vanessa Carlton <laughs> totally would have been like ten. Come on. Yeah. Okay, that was long. <laughs> so yeah, thanks everybody for the soundtrack submissions. I think we can move over to our next uh, subject of conversation, which would be score in a movie or TV show. Matt, you want to kick us off with that? Yes. The importance um, of score. Here, here's the, my little anecdote slash story. It's very quick. I'm a huge horror fan. Like horror movies is my favorite genre, and my favorite horror movie is John Carpenter's Halloween from 1978. When that movie was being made, like that movie was made dirt cheap. Most of the budget went to to get the actor Donald Pleasance in the movie. He got like a huge salary. And like when they were like in post production, they didn't have the music in the movie yet. And like they viewed the whole they they showed the movie to the producers and John was there. And they 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 watched the whole movie and they're like, "Uh oh, this is gonna be this movie's absolute garbage. Like it's not good, not scary. It's it's nothing right now. Like what have we done?" But then John Carpenter like made it like he's a composer as well a musician so then he did the score like in the following few weeks after they basically after they put that score in the movie and watched it they're like oh this is brilliant and the movie made a ton of money upon release was widely popular so like i'm just like that's that's how important music is to a movie a movie score especially in the horror genre in my opinion it is my belief no movie is scary without music like the music is what makes any scene scary and the movie in John Carpenter's Halloween, sorry, the music in John Carpenter's Halloween is legendary. I mean, I could listen to it all day. Like, that's why, I, that's the reason I rewatched that movie and it's my favorite is because of the score. I would say the score is 75% of that movie. Like, it's, I just have a huge smile on my face when I'm watching it. And I've talked about Halloween before on this podcast, but I'm just highlighting how important, yeah, I'm highlighting how important that music is to that movie. It's so it's like it's it's a very simple score, you know, like piano, like done on a synthesis, like a piano, a keyboard, but it's so effective in my opinion and just creates the tension and suspense. Like I said, no every horror movie is bad if you, if you, if it has no score or music in it. But uh, that's my little story on like how truly important it is. Um, I'm just gonna touch on more horror stuff and get it out of the way because I know like you guys aren't probably into this type of thing like me, but movies like The Exorcist. The Omen, Rosemary's Baby, all classic horror films. And what do they have in common? The scores are like iconic, amazing, especially the Exorcist one. Like people know, like people that people know about that that aren't horror fans. It's just bone chilling. I'm a huge Italian movie fan, Italian horror. And they, the thing they have in common is they're all like, they all have these crazy good scores, usually like synthesized music, like guitars, drums. There's an Italian rock band called Goblin, and they're a little older now, like they were big in the 70s, and they do the scores to a lot of Italian horror films. And like, if you just, if you're interested in what I'm saying, like, go on YouTube and Google Deep Red main theme, Deep Red. 
Suspiria, the main theme for that, or Tenebrae, the main theme for that movie. Those are three Italian mystery horror films. That's the type of music I love in my movies, and it's just, it's perfect. Um, All scored by this Italian rock band, Goblin, which actually they came to Ottawa like three, four years ago, and I had the chance, but I, I sadly regret not going to that. Like, me and my concert, my concert going life has been like <laughs> super small, like embarrassingly <laughs> small. Like I'm not, I don't even want to say, but that's one of my regrets. That's a little bit of my horror, the, my love for horror soundtrack uh, scores right there. For Katrina and Eric, like what, what's the first score you think of when you're thinking of like iconic movie scores or your favorites? For me, it's Jurassic Park. Mm. I don't know why. That's just the first one that comes to mind. I was never a huge fan of the movies. And then I was in Universal Studios and I went on the ride and they just start playing the doo 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 And you just like, I just had this recollection of of the film and, and you just got into that mood right away. And I didn't realize how much of that had gotten through to me, how much had seeped into my brain about the score of that movie and then how it changes to sinister so fast. It's that's a great score. I mean, Hans Zimmer and anything from Hans Zimmer, you've got like inception. Um, I'm trying to find who did interstellar. Hans Zimmer. Is that him as well? He did. Yeah. (laughs) He did Lion King too. Yeah. That's it. He played a, a show in Montreal that uh, that my husband's wrestling tag team partner went to, and he wouldn't uh, wouldn't shut up about for so long. He just like he was popping, he was going crazy out of his mind. Then he would do the Lion King song because he's like, oh, <laughs> just epic. I I wouldn't have thought that it'd be that interesting to see that in concert, but apparently, and this is a metalhead. This is a guy who sings in a metal band. Really, That's he awesome. just he was going nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's epic. I mean, yeah, who Jurassic doesn't like Park. the Jurassic? Yeah. Great. No, you go ahead, Eric. We're going to say the same thing. Yeah. So for me, it'd be like my three favorite movie series. They all have in common original, unique, and amazing scores, which would be in no particular order here. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, all iconic scores. And like they have that right away. As soon as you hear that music, you know what movie, and you can even identify the scene. And I've for the last week or so, a little bit more than a week now, I've just been listening to those soundtracks on repeat and just so many iconic songs and like the Shire music all time. <laughs> the um, Like Harry Potter theme, like it's called Hedwig's theme, which is like the, I'm, I'm not going to do it there, but I'll play it. <laughs> and it's like the classic Harry Potter music. And then Star Wars, like what else needs to be said? I feel like we bring up the duel of the fates, like every two episodes on this pod there. So <laughs> Star Wars um, is iconic music. And I think those three series are really, distinct and uh, recognizable scores and those would be my picks i have a bunch more like it just goes to show how really like score stands out more to me than a soundtrack like if you would bring up songs from a specific movie i'd be like oh yeah i remember that moment but i feel like a score really encapsulates like embodies the movie in a sonic form (laughs) and i think that like like i said stands out more than a soundtrack in my opinion and even like particular theme songs for characters, like the Wonder Woman theme, like is iconic. Like you, <laughs> I wouldn't do the Harry Potter theme, but I can do that one. And like even <laughs> it as well. Like when you talk about horror movies, like that's just some bone chilling music. And I feel like a horror movie is the one I think you said already, Matt. That's the genre that needs score more than any other because a yeah. scene's tone can completely change if there's a different kind of music playing in the background, like a score, obviously. Moments just become much um, scarier because of the music that's playing. 
I'll also give a quick shout out, which I was going to talk about this later, but to Twin Peaks is music, which I've just been crushing the last few weeks. And their use of music makes it so that you think certain things might happen. So they'll play like an ominous music in the background. So I'll just break down a specific scene quickly here. A man is just fixing a tire on his car, a spare tire, like putting a spare tire on. And then there are cuts back and forth between him looking out in the woods and music playing in the background, making you think that something is going to happen to this man. In my mind, I'm watching this like this guy's getting stabbed or something. Like something's happening. The scene ends. Absolutely nothing happens to this guy. So quick spoiler. <laughs> but like that's the effect that music can have and manipulate the viewer's perception of what's going to happen. And that's also based on prior uh, movie and TV show viewing experiences but it's largely due to the music and the editing. Like you got to give shout outs to the editors as well who chop up scenes and time music and score correctly to make you think that something's going to happen. Those are my initial thoughts on score. Eric, you pick, you pick like the three Titan franchises that have amazing music. (laughs) There's a reason why those three. Yeah. There's a reason why those three franchises are so beloved because the music just heightens them and puts them in another category. (laughs) To me, Lord of the Rings is the best out of the three. And I say best, like, I love all. They're all 10 out of 10s. But, like, the reason I keep going back to that trilogy is the music. Any dull moment, air quote, dull moment in Lord of the Rings, slow part, is just, there's just fantastic music always playing. So, like, I'm never bored while watching it. My favorite music piece in the movie is when they're lighting the beacons. Yeah, it's, like... It can be, Sleeper. someone can describe it as a super boring two and a half minute montage of just watching pyres lit, like getting lit up. But no, the music makes it amazing. I never get bored watching that scene. Star Wars, icon, like any John, you said Jurassic Park, John Williams, who did all of those, like that is, to me, John Williams is associated with like classic Hollywood music, like Indiana Jones, <laughs> Jaws, uh, Jurassic Park, Star Wars. Like John Williams is like, is the godfather of like if you know it, basically any popular movie john williams has probably done it i mean any spielberg movie too um <laughs> and you said hans zimmer hans zimmer has done so like people know him from maybe the christopher nolan movies now and man of steel but he's been doing movies since the 90s maybe even mm-hmm. the late 80s and i've seen youtube videos of his concerts and they're pretty intense so I can see like that story you told us, Katrina, like it might be cool to see that live. Like it's so loud and you can just maybe they show clips from the movie on, on the screen on stage. I don't know. But so uh, he comes to Ottawa, Matt. Let me ask you, what are you going to do? Are you going to go? You see, the old the old Matt would have said no, but the new Matt <laughs> eager to get out after COVID and Damn not right. miss any opportunities <laughs> is going to go. Get it. Get it, Matt. I'm never wasting opportunities ever again. Like if, if anything, this situation we're in right now has taught me that like. Also did uh, Pirates of the Caribbean also Hans Zimmer. Oh, right? he did. Also pretty classic soundtrack. Iconic. Score as well. Captain Jack's yeah. theme. He's getting that Disney money, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Every time you hear the music and you can associate it to the movie, that is the mark of an iconic score where you can just play it and everybody knows what it is. I don't know who did the Harry Potter one, but yes, Eric, it's phenomenal like just the opening credits the Hedwig's theme amazing I'm gonna mention a couple older ones I really like the Godfather has like a clat like the has like a mafia like flavor that Italian like I don't know what it is about it it's it gives me chills I married a Sicilian yeah it's (laughs) I know that the Italian style yeah any Stanley Kubrick movie too has a really good score usually 
like the shining the opening credits of the shining to me is like phenomenal eyes wide shut clockwork orange like every <laughs> they all have great soundtracks in my opinion I mean, Indiana Jones, I know I probably mentioned it already, but like you start playing those few, first few notes, everybody knows what you're talking about. To me, a bad score, like when the music sucks, it hurts more than if the movie's mediocre, but the score is amazing. Like I'd rather have a mediocre movie with like a great score than the other way around, because you know what, like really bad music really throws me off like I pay attention when I'm watching like I notice mm. the music right away and it really hurts the movie in my opinion when it's very bad so did we get a lot of submissions for the listeners favorite score we did before we get into that though I do want to give some love to another one of my favorite scores that I've been listening to a lot as well that I've just been keeping on the low here I mentioned the three titans but there's also a fourth titan in my mind that should be mentioned which is, I just want to give shout out to the composer from Ramin Jawadi, the music from Game of Thrones. Uh, elite, oh, yeah. elite score. I swear I've listened to this album, this playlist on um, Apple Music every day for the last week while I work, the chillest background music. And I want to highlight two scenes. So people really bash season eight I think rightfully so. Like the end did not go how we really <laughs> wanted it to, and like it wasn't really satisfying. But every week, I thought I was I was satisfied watching every episode at the end of every week, especially the third episode, which was the Army of the Dead. So finally, the conflict between the Winterfell and like the living against the Night King and his army. And I can <laughs> distinctly remember the first time I saw this episode. The last eight and a half minutes of the episode are a bone-chilling, again, I'll use this expression again, piano-led song called The Night King, which illustrates what looks to be the fall of man and the, the victory of the Night King. Throughout this scene, there's very little dialogue, a lot of cuts in between seeing our protagonist struggle and be overwhelmed by the army of the dead, the Night King walking towards Bran, Eight and a half minutes straight. I rewatched the scene. It's actually eight minutes and 41 seconds of straight music playing the whole time. The buildup and anticipation of what's going to happen with the Night King and Bran and ultimately what happens at the end of that scene. Uh, everyone, like, no one was talking. Everyone was just hooked and watching. Like, that's the effect that a powerful score can have. The song is called The Night King. Amazing song. And then there is like the foil to that song is called The Light of the Seven which is the song in the finale of season six where everyone is anticipating Cersei's arrival at the Scepter Baylor for her trial and judgment in front of the Seven. And she doesn't show up. Of course, she has her own master plan. And the song plays quite similarly to the Night King, but it's much more lighter and has like children's hymns in the background as well. And then the culmination of that song is... Obviously, like it's been a few years, five years since that episode's been released. There, the Scepter Baylor being blown up, unreal badass Cersei moment. I don't like Cersei, but gotta hand it to her; she owned that episode, and that song is a major reason why I think so. That's my abridged version of what I would like to say about those two songs and those two moments in the show. I think while <laughs> I said I was done, but I'm not. The end of season eight wasn't great. I think that was an amazing moment with the night king and that song was like a major reason why 
But overall, like Game of Thrones has so many iconic songs like Dracarys, Winterfell, The Winds of Winter, Last of the Starks, Misa, the Game of Thrones theme. Come on. Oh. Like that's one of my favorite themes. Yeah, it's songs a great theme song for a TV show. Light of the Seven is my favorite moment in any Game of Thrones episode. So I actually I just re-listened to that's the, probably the only song I've re-listened to, but now I'm gonna check out the Night King and other ones you've mentioned. Um, the Light of the Seven to me is a the perfect scene. Maybe the best scene in any, like the a best the best ten minutes in any Game of Thrones. Is it? It's probably like eighteen minutes, right? It's a ten like minute it's like song. Ten minute song. Yeah, because okay, yeah, it's like, oh, I love that moment. Same. Maybe it all went downhill after that. I don't know. I, I, That's I, like up for just, another show. You know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess so. We can we can dissect the last few seasons if you want. Yeah, we can talk. Actually, TV. That's like, we didn't even talk about like TV soundtracks or scores, but like Game of Thrones, I think upped. I think made every show like realize like okay, we need to up our game. Like I think that's what HBO has been doing. Like just making the quality of TV shows like the gold standard for it. So, and I mean the sound, the music in Game of Thrones. It's not even the best. Like could it be the best part of the show? Maybe, but like I find like that show nailed every aspect of acting, writing, well, in the first few seasons. But uh, when I think of other TV shows, I don't know if you guys know this show. It's an animated show, Avatar The Last Airbender. That show has phenomenal music, in my opinion. gives me chills every fight scene. That is probably my favorite uh, score to a TV show, Avatar The Last Airbender. It's interesting that as we're talking, I realize that the scores resonate with you guys more. Um, in terms of association with, with the films and with the TV. And um, for me, it's it's just, it's songs. Like you, you talk about music in movies and I understand the importance of score. I'm not really into horror that much, but what would that, that psycho scene be without the, you know, like it's, it's, it's key, right? Yeah. But for me, I think about the big hit songs of the summer blockbusters that come out. And that's really what, what my association goes when we talk about this topic. And it's really cool to be talking about it and realizing that you guys think about the, the feel and the scores. And I love Lord of the Rings, but I, I've never listened to just the, the score just for fun on my own. It's just funny because I've more listened to like, you know, I'm thinking about my heart will go on from Titanic about, um, don't want to miss a thing like the Diane Warren songs from from uh, Armageddon. You know, these are these are what I think about the movies and music, and uh, it's neat to get a different take on it and how it just resonates and you associate it with something different. Both of you, it's cool. Yeah, maybe after this episode though, you should mix in some scores. You know, like I don't, I also don't really listen to these regularly. Like it was really an anticipation and preparation of this episode, but I'm still gonna mix these in as I work. Like when I work. I can't really listen to songs with words because I might get distracted if I'm trying to pick up, even if I'm not trying to, even if I know the song very well, like I can't really write an email listening to a Migo song. I got to focus. So I throw on like a, some Enya and uh, some Smeagol leaving the cave and you know, just chill background <laughs> music. So I, w- I would definitely recommend to anybody who wants like background ambient music, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Hedwig's theme, Although Star Wars is like really upbeat though, and but also has some chill songs. Throw Star Wars in too. I love what you said though, Katrina. Like, yes, I'm more of a score person, but like, there's so many other like, I'm thinking of other moments here, like um, t- uh, Tiny Dancer and Almost Famous, like that. Scene Absolutely, say, oh, yes. I love that scene and horror uh, in the Devil's Rejects. They play Freebird by Leonard Skinner at the end, and I know it's not the most popular horror movie, but like that Freebird, like 
they chose that song perfectly for the ending of that movie. It's one of the best music cues ever, in my opinion. So, no, I do think a lot about songs, too. Like, I think about everything movie-wise. It's just, I think scores are more powerful to me because they only belong in that one movie. And the songs I can hear, like, maybe I hear them too often. But that's that's very interesting. I, it really made me think when you said that, like, why do I like that more? There's, like, countless other moments, too. Like, Rob, I'm a big Rob Zombie movie fan more than his music. and like More than he, music, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do like his songs. But, like, in, in his two first films, he's got, like, a killer soundtrack. A lot of his own stuff. Like, he's... I mean, Rocky Horror Picture Show, I love all the songs in that movie. That's a musical. One of my favorites. Iconic songs. Okay, uh, here is a question for you, Katrina. Have you ever heard of the movie Hedvig and the Angry Inch? Or heard I have. of the play? Yeah, like, I love that soundtrack. Yeah, Eric, I don't think you heard of this. It's it's it used to be a Broadway play turned into my reaction. <laughs> yeah, it it used to be a Broadway play and they turned it into a movie, the writer, producer, director, actor who does everything in it. And I love all the songs in that movie. They tell the story. It's like uh I don't talk about this movie to anyone cuz I'm I'm not embarrassed that I like it, but like it's it's not like a very well-known movie, but I love the soundtrack. Eric's not embarrassed about his Harry Potter affection, so you shouldn't be no. embarrassed about that. No, no one should ever be embarrassed about anything, really, like, yeah, or what they like true. there. But why would I be embarrassed about Harry Potter? Harry Potter's Damn, unreal. I don't know. It's I don't know. Classic <laughs> series. Come on. But I'm glad you brought up Game of Thrones because that is one theme song I could not get enough of. And I have not gone out of my way to actually listen to the music from the series on its own. I've watched every single episode of the series. I didn't hate it. I wasn't outraged like everybody else at the end of season eight. The ending, whatever, but great series. So now I'm going to go and I'm going to look that up. That would be something to, to put on and to work to, uh, you know, come Monday morning. Absolutely. And like on that playlist that I was talking about, I know you're on Spotify. I'm more of an Apple Music guy, but it's all good. I'm sure they have a similar playlist where you'll have the night king and then light of the seven because they're like i said they're foils so i think that would work like that's some great music to work to as well so i just want to highlight westerns and how every western that i love has a great score i like magnificent seven i'm gonna name some old ones shane every spaghetti western i've ever seen they all have one thing in common the score i just i had to mention that before you get into listener submissions so again, I'll be going over the same list, but just for score here. So the first one we got was actually from your mom. So Taunt Mary, oh. she said Lupin, which the score is really real. I also wrote that hey. down. As I loved also working to the Lupin score. This is before we even thought about doing this episode. So head of the curve, but yeah, no great score. The Lupin theme post heist fires me up. And Omar C just like walking out after he finished off a, a heist there is just always a sweet moment. But there are some good songs on there, definitely. I would love to check that out because at your suggestion, Eric, I have been watching that series and it's amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah, amazing. Part 2 is now on Netflix. I haven't checked it out yet, but yes. just finishing up Twin Peaks. But yeah, <laughs> pays up next. So yeah, thank you, Taunt Mary. And the next one was from, well, I'm pretty sure this is a score. I skipped it. It might be a soundtrack. I may be way off, but Matt, this is from your friend, uh, James Swain. So his submission right. was notes hey, on a scandal. You, you, wait, hold on a second. You know him? Wrestling, the wrestling scene. Yeah, he, he's a huge, he goes to the, yeah, that's he's so at crazy. He's single show. <laughs> yeah, he is. He wanted to drag me out, but then COVID happened. That's awesome. You should come. You can see you can see my husband being sweaty and wrestling other sweaty men. I'm, it's I'm uh, very homoerotic. It's great. 
I'm definitely down to go see a show. Like he telling me, like he, I used to work with him and he telling me all about it. And he's like, Matt, you'll have a great time. You've never been. Yeah. That, what a small it's, world. It's, it's ridiculous and, and fun. It's, it's really, it's like drag, but it's athletic. I don't know. It's weird. Sorry, go on, Eric. No, That's so that was funny. it. Like notes, notes on a scandal. James Swain. Thanks for the thoughts, Matt or Katrina. Have you seen this movie or Notes on a Scandal? Yeah. Wow. I haven't. I'm gonna have to check it out now. <sighs> Notes on a Scandal. All right. Well, thanks, James, and um, maybe discuss the score at your future wrestling outing with Matt. So next one was from the homie Basam Issa, former guest on the show, friend of the program. His submission Four time guest, five time guest? Five. Probably six, like eight. Six, I think. Eight time guest. <laughs> it will be eight down the road, but in time. I gotta space these appearances out. Speaking of space, his submission was interstellar. So perfect segue. Nice. So yeah, Ayo, great sound, great one. score. Also great to work to as well. Hans Zimmer. Can't go wrong. Good one. Good movie elevated by the score. My favorite is like the no time for caution one, like when the thing's spinning. I don't know what the song is, but it's when, like, the docking sequence scene, basically, when the, both ships are spinning and McConaughey docks the two ships together. That that piece moment. is beautiful. I yeah. like the, like, may, going through the cornfield, the song that plays in the background. It's, like, very nice. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but, yeah. Good pick, Sam. I guess I should have said this for soundtrack because there are a lot of musical acts in this one. I'll just say it now. So this is from my bro, Zach, and his submission was Aladdin, which it's a musical, so yeah, it should have been in the other one. Yeah, great soundtrack slash score. The newer, I think the newer one is what he was um, submitting. Arabian Nights, great jam. Slap that on every now and then. Any thoughts on the new Aladdin? Better than expected. I really dug Katrina. it. Yeah. I'm I'm just thinking the Robin Williams uh, Aladdin, like the what is it, 1994, 1995 Aladdin, yeah. but uh, oh, Robin everything's being remade now, right? So no love because that soundtrack the, is okay too. The 2019, <laughs> so like, no love for that one. A whole new world, baby. No. <laughs> oh, great song. And you have never had a friend like me. I think that yeah, yeah the genius song. That's my favorite like part of the Robin Williams montage. Like Robin Williams is. I love Robin Williams, and I'm just like, I don't want to keep going on. Like, I'm, I can go on half an hour on Robin Williams and why I love him. Thank you, Zach. The next one was from our Uncle Pat, and he had a few submissions. If you had to narrow it down to one, though, it was Psycho by Bernard Herrmann. So, from Alfred Hitchcock, Psycho, which I actually listened to the soundtrack the other day. So good. Never seen yeah. that movie either. Shocker. And uh, really enjoyed the soundtrack. Honestly, it was super chill to listen to despite, like, obviously the classic, like, dun, 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 dun. like that, that song I recognize, obviously, there, but a few other, like, really just good songs in there. So, yeah, Psycho. Don't me to list off the other ones. He had, he had quite a few. Paris, Texas by Rye oh, Cooter. Yeah. Phenomenal movie. So, this would actually be a theme song for a show that I did want to get into later. Cause that was another question we added on Instagram was far from any road by the handsome family. So this is the true detective season one theme song. From the dusty mesa, shadow yeah. Great song. Twin peaks. Angelo Badalem. Great theme song. Have you seen twin peaks Katrina? No. Okay. 
No, I haven't. I keep bringing it up. People are probably getting sick of it. You do? <laughs> You're watching it now? Yeah. Things Have Changed by Bob Dylan from the movie Wonder Boys. So again, this wouldn't be score, but great song. The theme from Shaft, from the film Shaft. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Pat with the deep cuts. All right. Sleepers. Oh, he's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so... Peter Gunn by Henry Mancini from the TV series Peter Gunn. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> so off the top, I also didn't recognize, like I didn't know half these songs, but then I actually looked them up and played them. And I was like, oh yeah, that song. You know, it's like you, you just recognize oh, okay. it as you hear it. Like, I'm sure you would know most of these. Then there was The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, Matt, Western. Oh. Yeah. And... Uh, Prelude by Bernard Herrmann, so from Psycho as well. I think that's the first song on the soundtrack. Yeah. And then True to Form, closing out with a Bob Dylan song again, Knocking on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan. And a last-minute text also to the effect of Twin Peaks is his all-time favorite due to the trippy balance of eeriness and disturbing. Perfect for that show. Couldn't agree more. That theme song is also another one that I don't skip. I don't know. I just love the vibes of that score a lot of like really trippy music and actually i listen to that soundtrack often just driving on country roads lately like when i'm just going mm -hmm. to miscellaneous locations i don't go many places there to do groceries and stuff maybe i'll just throw on twin Peaks soundtrack call me crazy but it suits the mood like driving on those back roads in the country it's um fitting so yeah, those are our listener submissions for score and some soundtrack in there you you it's never time. once skipped the Twin Peaks intro? No, of course. Yeah, I say I never skipped it. Oh, I thought like you always like would watch the. No. I, I like first five times I listened to it, then I'm like, okay. Okay. There's a lot of episodes to go. No, I wasn't sure if that's what you said. No, okay, no. I'm obviously, obviously, I don't listen to it every time. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Game of Thrones honestly is the only one I think every time we don't skip it though, and especially because it was like it would air on Sundays and we'd watch yeah. it live, so we didn't have a choice. Yeah. But like that's one that you don't really want to skip either. It's just like it's iconic. I bought every season of Game of Thrones and I still wouldn't skip that song, Eric. It was bone chilling. Like I say bone chilling and goosebumps a lot, but like that's literally how I feel when I'm listening <laughs> to good music. I it doesn't like I doesn't take much for me to like really get into like a good movie and I don't know, I always get like goosebumps very easily. Um I'm gonna have to re listen to Twin Peaks. I haven't seen that show in maybe five or six years, so I just remember it being very soothing and like I like I said two episodes ago with our guest jesse like i know some people that hate the twin peaks soundtrack they're really? like it's yeah no well more older people i remember like i remember talking to co-workers and they watched twin peaks when it pre when it aired okay. in the early 90s and they're like what is this weird crap it's it's garbage but maybe they just didn't know like they didn't understand right everything we talked about tonight is subjective there's a lot of Twin Peak haters. I just, I know that for a fact. I'm just going to say, since I'm kind of out of the loop on the scores, because it's not something that I, that resonates with me consciously as much as, as songs or music in, in movies. I was going to ask you guys, like, what are so your top three, your top five favorite songs or songs that come to mind from films? Like, we've talked about a few already. I mean, the Lose Yourself from 8 Mile uh, came up, like that big one, you know, like that's, to me, when I think about movies and music, what comes out, what comes to mind for you guys? Okay, well, my all-time favorite movie, Goodfellas, there's the song Atlanta by Donovan that plays during a really pivotal scene where 
Joe Pesci's character kills somebody and I like that's one of my favorite music cues songs in a movie of all time like I like the scene starts off and you know something's going down and when it comes to like the climax of that scene that's when the song kicks in Atlanta by Donovan and magical to me it's like a one of my favorite movie moments this might be like a corny or cheesy answer but like the gonna fly now song from rocky that's like the iconic rocky soundtrack song like you know when he's running up the steps and all that i love that now i don't know if this is a song or a score but i'm gonna think of it as a song and katrina correct me like the in requiem for a dream like the main song you hear throughout can, do you remember that oh, movie? God, I, I remember Ass to Ass in that movie. Oh, yeah. That, um, oh, that was the, a dark scene. Yeah, with Jennifer Connelly. Um, yeah, that's that's what comes out when you comes to mind when you say that movie. I'm, I'm trying to think of, look up the, the, the like, music now. But there's no, there's no words in the song, so it might be the score. But, like, it's that powerful, like... Everyone's heard this because they, they played it in movie trailers after the movie came out, like, to build up tension. But that always, like, gives me sh shivers hearing that. I don't know. I, I don't, for some reason I wrote Top Gun down, like, because <laughs> the songs are so like. Every time I hear like, ah, uh, I don't know. I can't. I don't know. Maybe I have an unhealthy love for like Tom Cruise movies. Oh, oh, okay. I have one here. This off the top of my head. When they the whole cast in the movie sings the song "Wise Up" in Magnolia. They sing "Wise Up" by Amy Mann. And it's like such a touching moment and heartbreaking moment. And I love Magnolia. And when they all sing Wise Up, love that. I got like a million things shooting through my head right now. Do you have any cool, songs? Because as you bring them up, yeah. I can see you like going back there in your mind. And yeah. I love that. I love sort of, you know, seeing you kind of start to relive it. Those scenes, the movies. It's cool. I mean, I can just, I'm looking in front of me at a wall of movies. And I'm like, I'm seeing Groundhog Day. And I think of I Got You, Baby, like Sonny and Cher. And then I look yeah. like to the right and I see uh, I'm seeing more scores right now. But like, I mean, I'm looking at Labyrinth right now with David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly and all this like this song oh, David Bowie sings. Epic. Yeah. And epic. Kill Bill has a great soundtrack too. Absolutely. <sighs> like I can go through every movie and be like, oh yeah, that's, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really fun to reminisce. Yeah, that's all I got off the top of my head for now. That's more than me, and you've given me a lot of time yeah. to think. And I'm honestly like, I, I could benefit <laughs> from having a wall of movies in front of me right now because I, the only thing I have, unfortunately, and we've already kind of touched on this early in the episode, was like immigrant song in Thor Ragnarok. I think like that's an all-time usage of the legendary song that I really know from like School of Rock. That plays when they leave from their audition for Battle of the Bands, like in the van, in the van, yeah. They've swindled the, yeah. the board of governors to get a to get a spot at the show, but I think Thor Ragnarok just takes that song to another level. And like the final time that song plays in the movie, Thor's uh, usage of his like full abilities on the bridge there is all time. Yeah, that's all I have right now. But I think that that's like worth its weight in gold in the equivalent of five songs, if you will. So I don't know. I'll try to think of something else, but Katrina, do you have any um, top songs? That's a huge song. And if it weren't so um, cliche, I would say that one too. It's, it's, uh, I said just because a lot of people would, would suggest that one, that immigrant song, because it, it's, it's just 
bam, it comes to mind for Ragnarok. And I, I, I own School of Rock on DVD. I'd see that one so many times. So I'd forgotten about that scene in the van where Jack Black is turning around and singing to the kids. I, I love it because it's got that Lord of the Rings flavor to it as well. It's about the Lord of the Rings. He's a big Tolkien head, Robert Plant. But my kid was, I think, three or four, and he has this little plastic Mjolnir at home because we're raising him right. And uh, every time a song comes on, he grabs, he drops what he's doing and grabs the hammer and starts like, goes into this trance and starts swinging it around like he's in the film. And it's, it's so funny to see. It's so cute. That's awesome. For me, for songs from movies, um, I like Mr. Blue Sky from Guardians 2. The opening scene in Guardians 2. I, I didn't think you could beat the opening scene in Guardians 1 very easily, but just... The song itself is a really happy sounding song, but has pretty dark lyrics. And it's really cool the way they use that in the film where you've got baby Groot, who's adorable, just dancing around. Meanwhile, the Guardians are like fighting these huge, gross monsters and and, uh, just it's just so happy and so cute. And I just I loved it. I was just so delighted when that opened. I was so excited to see it. I sit down and that song starts to play and that scene with Baby Groot and that music was great. Going back to Empire Records, this is a song that was in the film, but not even on the soundtrack. And it was um, Romeo and Juliet by the Dire Straits. It's a weird... um, you don't know the song? It's, uh... Do they play it at the end of the movie? Is it the song near the no, end? No, it's in the middle. It's in the middle. It's a really quiet sort of down scene. It's it's what they would call a let me up, a let me up match in wrestling, where where uh, you kind of can relax and take a breath. It's it's not even a pivotal scene. It's just okay. a really it allows the music to really shine through, and it's a really beautiful song. The Indigo Girls do a great cover of the song Romeo and Juliet. For some reason, that song always sticks out to me in that movie. I'm gonna check. But that out. movie has so many great songs. It's got you know Girl Like You by Edwin Collins and Until I Hear It From You by Jim Blossom. That's the one they play at the end of the movie, I think, is this Jim Blossom one. I own, I, I'm due for a rewatch on Empire Records. It's actually like a very nice time capsule movie, I call them. Like, it in, brings you back to that time, in my opinion. That's it. It's very dated now, yeah. but it meant so much to me at the time. I don't know why. Just that's kind of what you could aspire to be at that time was like cool and work in a record store. And of course, it's a movie that's that's centralized on music. It's a record store. But yeah, then there's Almost Famous, The Tiny Dancer. There's a scene in Rockstar that has a movie um, or a music uh, song. It's when they're in the club and they, it's Jennifer Aniston comes to visit him. He's on the road and they're in this club and they slip like acid and they start dancing. And then they get into like some kind of debauchery and wake up the next morning and there's a lot of naked people everywhere. But that song, I can't remember the name of it now. And I've heard it in other places. And I didn't even know the song. But then you hear it later and you're like, you think about this sort of hazy scene of these people that are like high and, and dancing and just strong memory association. Even I don't know the song that well. You just hear a couple notes of it and bam, you're back there in your mind with the movie. Like one movie that I can't believe I haven't talked about Boogie Nights yet because it's one of my all time favorites. But I know all the songs from that movie, and the first song and the last song to me stand out. It starts with Best of My Love, I think it's called, by The Emotions. I don't even know this band, but, anyways, great way to start off the movie. And then it ends with like The Beach Boys, God Only Knows, which have has been used in a lot of other movies. I find the use in this one to be perfect. And there's a, there's a Leonard Cohen song called everybody knows that's played in exotica which is a canadian movie and it's a perfect like music cue like takes place in like an adult in a strip club and then they play that leonard cohen song when the girls like our main character is going out on stage and it's just perfect i don't know that just came to my mind 
Exotica is a really good movie, by the way. Like, I'm a big champion of that movie. Good Canadian, like all Canadian actors in it, basically. And that's another, that's a subject for another day. More stuff's popping up now. Like Jackie Brown, great soundtrack. Uh, there's like Boy, Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society. Those are all like gangster movies from the 90s. Like New Jack City, like all those movies have great soundtracks. Like 90s hip hop. Friday, same with Friday. Yeah. And I don't know, we could rattle them off all night. Now I'm getting like, I'm... Now my brain's starting rolling. to work yeah. now yeah, yeah now the ball's rolling um you're not just scores matt yeah no you're right actually you got it. and now i'm thinking of never en- team soundtrack eh? now i'm looking at never ending <laughs> no. story i'm looking at the never ending story blu-ray and i'm like remembering the songs in that movie and i'm like oh, god. oh my god this has been a trip tonight like remembering all this it's cool eh? yeah it is cool actually. you guys should do an episode about movies about music yeah okay do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, things like Almost Famous, things like I don't even know about records, but stuff like that. Straight out of Compton. Yeah. Would, would Hustle and Flow count? I think so, right? Because he's trying to create straight out of the Compton. Yeah, about yeah. That's actually a great idea. I mean, music and movies are kind of like ever since there was sound in actually even before like silent pictures had music. They didn't even have dialogue, but they had every movie's had music since the dawn of like cinema. So that just goes to show you the importance. And I don't know if you've watched a lot of silent films, like, if or any. I know Eric probably has. Nosferatu. Let's go. But, like, how cool are those? <laughs> you don't even have... How cool are those scores? Like, yeah. played yeah. by an orchestra. Again, like bone chilling. Oh, so good. And you know, what I love about silent films is even if you're not paying really paying attention, it doesn't matter. You're not, like... There's no dialogue to be missed. You're just missing an image. But like, when there's a imagine sharp, what... like musical note, you know something happened. Yeah. Oh, rewind a little bit and like catch up on what yeah. I just missed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a love like uh, Katrina. You're saying like I'm a big score person. Yes, but like I love old Hollywood movies, and I don't. I I can't believe I'm admitting this, and I have no shame actually. But I love old Hollywood musicals, like Singing in the Rain and An American in Paris, The Bandwagon. Meet me in St. Louis. Like I can start rattling all the classics. Right. I don't know. I like all those songs. Yeah, maybe they're not the greatest. Like, like there's not a lot of meaning in a lot of the songs. But I just like seeing like performances and the whole cast singing and like dances too, like Gene Kelly dancing, singing in the rain, dancing in the rain. Like I just love that stuff. There's a lot of cultural value in in films like yeah. that and the history like that. Another song for a movie to me that came to mind, Je ne regrette rien from. Uh, from um, in French, Rose. La Bombe, or, or in English, it was called La Vie en Rose, yeah. which is the biopic of um, Edith Piaf. And I saw that, I think, in 2007 when it came out, and I was um, on my way. I was in college, and I was going to finish my semester and then go off to Switzerland, and, and I needed to go to Switzerland by way of Paris. And um, Edith Piaf was buried in Cimetière Pierre Lachaise, and I went to see her, her grave, and it was a big, it was huge for me. But that movie is about the struggle of this woman who goes through so much shit. And, like, her lover's killed in a car accident, and she gets addicted to morphine and painkillers, and she dies very young. But before she dies, she has this moment where she comes out on stage and sings a song called I Regret Nothing. And the lyrics are were so profound um, for that moment in that film about her life. It gives me chills, and that, the whole soundtrack had a lot of really great French classics. And when I went over to Europe that following summer, I got to hear like I heard Padam on the radio, and it wasn't her singing it, but it's a, it's a it's a French classic song. And I was like, hey, I know this song because of this movie, because of the soundtrack, because I was obsessed. And, and yeah, very moving. 
that moment. That was a powerful Have you movie. seen that one, Eric? I have not. Oh of these movies that have just been brought up. But thanks for putting me on you can spot. watch that. It's original French. Good, yeah. I'm it's Marion Cotillard. I consume more French um, entertainment. So, yeah, absolutely. I'll add it on the list. After Lupin, of That's course. It. I've got to be <laughs> faithful to my support for that series. I'm ch- oh, <laughs> yeah, first of all, Marion Cotillard plays Edith in the movie and she won an Oscar for it. Like, she's amazing. Yes. 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 Lot, I just want to mention two last songs that just like me stirring at my Blu-rays. In the remake of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie with Rooney Mara and Daniel Craig, the movie opens up with a version of the Immigrant song played by Trent Reznor. And it's phenomenal. Like Ooh. I remember watching in the theater and being blown away. It's like a, a quicker paced version and more like, I mean, Trent Reznor's like the man's so prolific. The other song is at the end of The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, like, they play oh, a sweet child of mine, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I that's a great oh, movie. I film. love the rest. No. It's so sad. Best movie of that year. Perfect music cue for Sweet Child of Mine. I think I'm pretty mm. sure it's that song before like when he's saying goodbye to Marissa Tomei. Should I give that movie a rewatch? Because I remember oh, seeing it when so I was good. like I was pretty young when I saw it. And I did not like it at all. I feel like I just oh. didn't appreciate it and like wasn't I don't know at the right stage in my life to watch a movie like that. I don't know. It just didn't really do anything for me that movie breaks my heart i'm not gonna pull back any punches or 2009 yeah one of the yeah it breaks my heart that movie i like how mickey work had like a comeback did that movie which was phenomenal and then went back to just being like mickey work only with more plastic surgery it was it's great but that's an amazing movie it is yeah i'm all tapped out now on song i'm not gonna My well, brain's we been did working get, like, overtime a few now. Listener submissions for like this would be a little shifting gears from what we've just been talking about there, but we did ask for people's favorite theme songs were for shows, which I think like a good theme song is huge, and the importance of a theme to like get you to start watching a show should not be understated because like you can obviously always skip if you want there, but like a Game of Thrones or Twin Peaks you might not want to skip. So we did actually get quite a few submissions. So I'll just rattle these off and we can comment on them as we please. So the first one was from my bro, Zach. So he had two, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Community. Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Community, great theme songs in my opinion. Do you have any thoughts on those shows? You've seen them both or Matt? I've never seen any of those shows. I'm so embarrassed. Seen them both? Yeah, I I remember the Community one. It makes me think about the Office theme, Mm. which... Yeah, I could see that. It's pretty iconic and like perfect for for that for that show. Mm. Sort of banal and mundane, but happy. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, Community and The Office for sure have comparable like vibes to them. Brooklyn Nine Nine is more of like action, I would say. Like dun dun dun. I don't know. Like a get smart, maybe. I don't know. But no, two uh, good like for comedy series. They're like upbeat and good vibes for sure. So solid pick, Zach. So the next one is from your mom, Matt. Tom Mary. So hers was, and you just talked about this show last episode, Matt. So Shit's Creek. Uh, I've never heard of this theme song, so I can't really comment on it. What are your thoughts on the Shit's Creek uh, theme? I mean, I like it. It's simple but effective. I don't give it more thought than that, though. Like, it's not one of my favorites, but it is. It's like quaint and like very homey feel, you know. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. Yeah. You watch Shit's Creek, Katrina? I've seen a bit. Um, I don't watch a lot of scripted TV just in general. 
Um, but that, that show has gotten a lot of hype. <laughs> I was never really a big fan of Dan Levy in general, but he, he's, uh, I like, I like his, uh, his character evolution in, uh, in Schitt's Creek. Okay. Right on. So thank you, Tom Mary. So the next one is from the homie Zane Merhi. So his submission was from the show Naruto, the song, You Are My Friend. I'm not sure if this is the official theme song, but this is the song you highlighted. Do you know this? Uh, you Are My Friend. Ring any bells? Not for me. I never watched Naruto. I know it's a super popular show. I've never seen a minute of it, though. Yeah, same. Yeah. All right, so thank you, Zane. Then we got from Klesin Ud. So she also said Game of Thrones, such as myself, and said One Tree Hill, which also I'll bring it back to from earlier. Natasha... Costal also said One Tree Hill. So two One Tree Hillers and a Game of Throner. I've never seen One Tree Hill, so I can't really comment on the show, but apparently some good music in there. Did anybody bring up Flight of the Concords? Oh, I mean, asking for a sneak a peek show. here, but no, they did not. <laughs> no one, no one Why mentioned Flight of the that? Concords. <laughs> no. That's probably the only like, TV music that I will still listen to, just, just for fun. Just for fun. It's just... It's great. Okay. No. You haven't seen I've it, never Eric? Seen it, no. Oh my god. Matt, have you seen it? Lucky you. I've seen I've seen some of it. I'm a big fan. Like is is Jermaine Clement in the show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm a yes. huge fan of him. Who did what we do in the shadows with Taika Waititi, yeah. Exactly. I love okay. yeah. I need to start from episode 1 then. So, I uh, was it um Jermaine Clement and Brett Brett something and I think that Brett he won an Oscar. Really? And I think he did some of the Lord of the Rings music, and that's what he won the Oscar for. Oh, wow. If I can look this up super quick. Brett McKenzie. So he did Fly the Conquerors with Jeremy Clement, which is a TV show. They're both from New Zealand. They're like these musicians that are not really um, making it very well. Oh, no, it was the Muppets song. It was the Manor of Muppet from the Muppets. That's what he won the Oscar for. Oh, I, but yeah, he's so from cool. New Zealand. They talk about uh, Lord of the Rings sometimes, with that connection. Anyway... It's worth checking out. Eric, you are lucky you haven't seen it yet because it is so funny that you get to experience it for the first time. And I wish that I could experience it for the first time again. Right. You have that gift. Add it to the list then. <laughs> you should. It's so good. It's so funny. So yeah, thank you, Krasin. The next one was from the homie Martin Chevrier, two-time guest. So his was, I'm not sure if either of you have seen the show, great show, Blue Mountain State. Song, hell yeah, so good. Fires me up. Yeah, throw it on. I would recommend that. I don't know if that's like both of your humor style there, but Blue Mountain State, great comedy. It's like a college uh, frat show there. Not sure if you've heard of it, but it's. it's I don't make a note. I've never heard of it. No, I'm missing out. I I wish I was in your situation where you've never heard of it and you could just throw it on for the first time. Yes, but <laughs> it's good stuff. So yeah, thanks, Mart. Great, great song choice. The next one was from the homie Brandon, Hip Hop Fiend 85, All Fresh right. Prince of Bel-Air. Great theme song. Yeah. Have not seen that full show, but I've seen like quite a few episodes there, and uh, I obviously know the theme song. It's ingrained in pop culture, right? Like, everybody Absolutely. knows that. So, yeah. Great pick. Willie style. 
Yeah, thank you, Brandon. <laughs> the next one was from our aunt, Tante Nicole. So hers was Peter Gunn, which I believe our Uncle Pat also mentioned earlier. Never, Like I, like I said, I'd, I've never heard of this show, but then I threw the theme song on and I did recognize it, so I'm sure it would be the same for you. Katrina, do you know Peter Gunn? No, but I like the other ones that um, Uncle Pat had suggested, so I'll, uh, I'll look at those. I have that one in the playlist. So yeah, thanks, Tony Cut. And then our last one is from our cousin Sarah, also multiple times on the show, fan fave guest. So hers was the Pokemon theme song. <laughs> great theme song and a kim possible shout out as well but pokemon theme song number one i love it classic song i'm super biased because it's my favorite show as a kid pretty much so yeah of course i love it but is that because the nostalgia is kicking in hey man no need to be ashamed of that as number one it's gold could probably still sing it right now i mean there you go so yeah that was it so thanks a lot for the submissions and uh i mean do you have a favorite theme song for a show Flight of the Concords, perhaps. Well, that's like music. That's just the, the music from the show in general, because they make songs. They're musicians, so they create these songs, which which happen during the show, which are really funny. Like, girl, you could be a part time model. You're the most beautiful girl in the room, but you probably have to keep your regular job. Like, it's just really funny. Um, I think the Game of Thrones theme is my favorite. I just the, the visual when it's opening combined with the with the the song. It's I find it very compelling, and that's one that I would never skip. And I'm from an age where we don't skip stuff, and now we can. But uh, that one's that's a good one. Matt, do you have one or like a couple? Or Game of Thrones is my favorite because as soon as like the first note hits and like the zoom in on the map, complete like. Nerd, like nerd chills i'll call them like i'm just like Sit down, so here we go. this is when everyone this is when i tell everyone in the room to stop talking we don't we we don't talk over this theme song probably the only theme song i, I will never talk over it's quiet time now the, the, the show just kicked in you know so. well said Matt, because like that's something that like i would have like some of my friends would come over on sundays to watch the episode and like my parents were there and we had like a solid group of people just watching the new episode and no one would talk again and that's the only show I can really fully recall me never looking at my phone at at all. Mm-hmm. No talking. We had like zero tolerance for tomfoolery when it came to Game of Thrones. And the theme song was a part of Game of Thrones. So, I mean, am I going to complete the sweep here and say Game of Thrones? Probably. But I also want to highlight, and now I'm just remembering <laughs> that the Sam also submitted his favorite one. And it's also one of mine up there that I still jam to every now and then which is a banger, good song to work out to, which is the Punisher theme song. If you've watched that show, The Punisher, that song encapsulates like what Frank Castle as a character is. Just like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but the theme song does it for me, so I don't even need to. So yeah, Punisher theme song, great, great track. Throw that on there as well. But obviously Game of Thrones, I think, is number one. Also want to show some love to the Peaky Blinders theme song. Hmm. Great, great track as well. Red Right Hand, just good stuff. Again, when I go on my lunchtime walks, throw Red Right Hand on. It's a, it fits the mood. Walking around the country like Thomas Shelby. That's all I got for you on that. I loved all those submissions by the listeners. Like, mm-hmm. wide variety. I used to, me and my dad would listen to the Punisher soundtrack while doing our workouts. Like, that's how much he loved it. He Same. loved it more than I did. And he's like, check out all these songs, Matt. Yeah. 
if so. FC is jamming to that, that's how you know it's like good <laughs> stuff. So he is picky. Yeah, he's per- he's very particular in his taste. He'll never listen to this, by the way, so we can say what we want. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll get him to listen to. Tell him There's we mentioned a, him. An obscure shout out for you at the hour at the hour and a half mark. <laughs> no, I won't tell him where. He's gonna have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> No, cool. I, it I was fun reminiscing. Yeah, it was fun reminiscing with you guys actually, because half the examples I brought up didn't even write down. They just like organic came about as we were talking. Exactly, that's what I love about. I think that's why we all had a great talk tonight. Was we just remembering? Like, uh, there's nothing. I love that feeling. Are there any final notes that you had for the listeners, Katrina? It's been awesome having you on. Super happy that you joined us, and I think we had a great discussion on soundtracks and scores and theme songs for uh, movies and TV shows. Do you have any final notes for the listeners? Listen to the Big Chill. Listen to Big Chill. It's a great soundtrack. Solid top to bottom, not just a couple songs. I know I'm I'm happy. I'm happy we got to do this because we've been talking about like what could I do and I'm not like I like movies, but just like the average person likes movies. So I don't think that I would come on and talk about films, but music gets me and it's been cool to talk about coming from what gets me versus like what gets you guys as as especially Matt as like a mega movie fan and and it's neat. It's neat to kind of see what resonates with all of us differently and similarly. And I like that. Now I've got this list of stuff. Like I need to look at Blue Mountain State. I need to check out this Punisher theme. Naratu, another one. Like, it's cool. I'm keeping a list. Um, I find music a lot less laborious to get into rather than, you know, watch that show, watch that movie. Because I can do it while I'm doing other things. So I can well, put that on, check it out. I'm pumped. I'm excited. It's good talk. Thanks a lot for joining Thank us, Katrina. It was super fun having you on. I'm glad we got to do this. We've been talking about getting you on for a, a while now, so glad you joined us, and uh, yeah, it's been really fun. It was fun. Thanks. So yeah, now we're going to do our, um, is this the name, just random recommendations segment. We're going to dive right into yes. like just a bunch of stuff that we've been either watching, reading, listening to, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, yeah, Matt, why don't you kick us off with uh, whichever one that you want to start talking about there, um, whether that be a movie, music, book, TV show, kick us off. I'll start off by, because I read really slowly, and I actually started a new book because I finished my the old one. Um, but the new book I'm reading, and I believe it was talked about during the book club episode, but it's The Rosie Project. I started reading that because my mom had the book, and she said, yeah, go ahead, it's fantastic. And you know what? I read like 20 pages every night and I'm loving it. It's a, it's literally a book that I could, if I had like three hours to kill, I could read it all through straight through. Like that's how compelling it is to me. Super easy to read too. The Rosie Project. So can't recommend that enough. And I'm only like at page 80 or 100, I think. But I already know like I'm going to love it. So I'm recommending it anyways. Okay, nice. Yeah. Are you reading anything new, Eric? So I'm still going on crime and punishment, honestly. Okay. So... The thing is, with the the NHL playoffs going on these days, I'm not as inclined to read as much before going to bed. Like, I'm just watching these games, and then I just go to bed right away. So, no, I'm not reading as much. But, I like, last night I did read a bit of Crime and Punishment there. But, no, I'm not as much as I would like to, honestly. And since last episode, I have not picked up 40 Laws of Power. Just saying. So, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure you... Like, you didn't finish this book either, no. Matt. Correct me if no. I'm wrong. So, I don't know. Like, I'm. this might be another American Gods situation for me where <laughs> I, 
I just like, you know what? I accept that. Yep. I read quite a bit of this, but this ain't happening. So yeah. we'll see there. But no, since last time, nothing has changed on the book front. I will take on though, like the next recommendation wave, which, um, so this is kind of different. It's not an actual recommendation of something that I've watched, but it's something I will watch. And I did swear on here on episode 61 that I would take a vow of silence until some pertinent information rose to the table. And today it has. So like I said, I wouldn't talk about my movies until I heard anything <laughs> else. But July 30th, put it in your calendar. It's official. My first feature film, The Exchange, is re- is being released worldwide so i don't know where this is going if it's going to be in theaters trust me you'll hear from me you'll get updates as soon as i find out in theaters streaming platforms whatever it is we have a date people the exchange look for me so what's very promising about this movie is that the trailer was just released finally two years after filming my scenes and both days i was on set the scenes that i filmed are in the trailer so I could not spot myself, obviously, in the trailer, but as long as these scenes show various angles, while we focus on the main characters, of course, I am but a mere extra in these scenes, there's a good chance that I'm going to be in this movie. So, I don't know, I don't want to, like, shoot myself in the foot here and jinx myself, but... (laughs) Lord knows I'm watching this movie on July 30th, and I hope you do as well. The exchange, look for me, the parade scene, that's where I'll be. And the the scenes did make it to the movie because there are quite a few parade scenes in the trailer. So, what to look for? A cut, a quick cutaway of me pointing at various people in the crowd, cheering, smiling. Those were my cues from the director. It was just like point to people in the crowd, smile, pump them up. That's where you'll find me. So I'll leave it at that. The exchange, by the time this drops, it's like we're in July already there. So coming up on it. So that's my recommendation. The trailer is pretty funny also. So anyway, I'll just, just saying. Yeah, I was pausing that trailer every frame just to see in the background. But not not only will we watch this movie, maybe an upcoming in-depth review of it. I don't know, like, we're going to... Like, I'm definitely watching the whole movie and, like, pausing it at the parade scene, of course. But, like, if it's a good movie, we're going to talk about it, of course. Why not? We love reviewing movies. That's what we do on, like, half the episodes, yep. so... Let's be real. Even if it's a bad movie, we're going to be talking about it. And it's fun talking about bad movies too. Like, just look at two episodes ago. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's your movie rec. That's your future like stuff to look forward to. Um, I'll just briefly talk about TV and music. I don't have much to say. I'm still watching Shit's Creek, and actually loving it more as the seasons go along. So that's an update on that. And I'm like, I think I'm pretty much almost done watching. Star Wars, The Bad Batch on Disney+. Plus. Like, I watched episode 8 today, and I don't know if there's going to be any more than 8. Probably, like, 10 at the most. So no, man. That's Bad been Batch more... is, like, confirmed at least 16 episodes, and I'm pretty sure it's oh. in the 20s, honestly. Okay, well, I'm loving... The episodes are getting better, in my opinion. That's all I'm going to say. If you watch it today, Eric, you'll see, like, there's a, a character that's been in Clone Wars that comes back, and it's a bit of a shocker. Wow, okay, um, so... I'm going to be honest, so I had nothing to talk about for TV shows. Like, I'm not going to 
re-talk about that. I'm watching Twin Peaks. But Bad Batch, I kind of lost interest, to be honest. I haven't watched the yeah. last two episodes, but I'm now I'm looking at IMDb, and the ratings for the last two episodes are 8.6 and 9.2 for the episode yeah. that just dropped today. So I might have to hop back in. Not that I didn't like the episodes. I was just... They were filler. Not overly they were filler. impressed. I was yeah. like, okay, this is, oh, this is pretty good. But after episode one, in my mind, it dipped in quality. But okay, I'll get back on it based on your recommendation. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. And I have a feeling each episode's going to get better too. Okay. And we we had to slog through the filler ones. And I agree with you. They were a little weaker, Eric. Yeah. Um, but now to get to the meat of my recommendations. Now, like this is always a struggle for me. Like I, I just counted. I watched 25 movies so far in June and like, they they range from like old Hollywood classics to like low budget horror films, newer stuff, stuff from the seventies like thrillers. Like I I'm just gonna go with three horror films that came out in 2021. Just gonna rattle them off, tell you if I like them. The first one is Spiral, starring Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson. It's a Saw spinoff movie. Like takes place in the same universe as the as the Saw movies. Yeah, you know what? I really enjoyed it for like the horror aspect, but I thought Chris Rock was like totally miscat. Like he can't, I can't take Chris Rock seriously as like an intense detective. When he's yelling, I'm just laughing, so I couldn't take him seriously. And the plot is as predictable as like a kids movie. Um, the next horror film of 2021 I watched is The Conjuring Part Three. Mm. The Devil Made Me Do It. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are great in it, but it's a very subpar Conjuring movie compared to the last two that we got because this one was not directed by James Wan, as was the case for the previous two. So that was average. And then the last horror film I watched for 2021 is uh, Saint Maud, which actually is on Netflix as of today. I just saw it on Netflix. Saint Maud is the perfect example of like what horror is right now. Like it's an Saint Maud is an indie movie. It will never go to theaters. It's what like me as a horror fan, like we seek out as horror fans. Um, it's gonna make like end of the list years for best horror film. It's a slow burn short movie. V- gets under your skin and has great performances. And like that's like basically represents the last ten years in indie horror. Just like solid movies, but no one will talk. No one will see them unless like you really seek them out. But this one's on Netflix. Saint Maud. That's all I'm going to talk about for movies, but I am going to mention the Friends reunion that I watched on Crave. I'm just, I'm just going to go out and say, like, I almost was crying the whole time watching this because it, like, reminded me, it took me back to when I was a kid watching Friends, like, all summer long, and I got so nostalgic, and I was, like, I just seeing these beloved characters come back, I couldn't handle it. Ugh, it was great. Yeah, I enjoyed the Friends reunion as well. I thought it was really good. Definitely emotional to watch, like emotional to watch their emotions as well, like reminiscing, right? Like that's also what was getting to me watching there. Like, and one thing I really noticed, which was like kind of tragic and sad, obviously in its own right, was like just how over the years, these people have obviously have this bond that'll always keep them together forever, but it just felt like Matthew Perry was on the outside looking in. And I really felt like when he said like, Oh, no one texts me here. Like it wasn't a joke. I really do believe that they're just not as much in contact with them. 
And it was just sad to see that as well. Like, you definitely see the bond between, like, even David Schwimmer and Matt LeBlanc look like they're bros. And um, Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston look like they're, like, still, like, sisters and stuff. And in my opinion, Lisa Kudrow looked the best out of everyone there. Exactly. And she was honestly the chillest out of all of them, too. Like, there was no putting on a facade or trying to impress anybody like she just looked like the coolest one looked the best yeah i mean i'd love to hang out with lisa kudrow any day of the week but i did like also like the inside looks i wish we would have got more inside looks on like tidbits on how life was on the set like how um courtney cox had written her speech down on the table and then matt leblanc like had erased it and stuff like i thought that was really interesting and uh, even I don't know if this is known by people or not, but, like, how they redid a few more takes for um, Joey, like, jumping on the chair when they had called Chandler, like, had called dibs on his seat. Yeah. And um, then he, like, actually popped his arm out of its, uh, his shoulder out of its socket, and then they had to write that into the show that he just heard himself jumping on the bed. And as soon as they showed that he heard himself on the scene... Right away, I'm like, okay, that's why they wrote that storyline into the show. And then they explained that. So, friends, super fan out here. Let's go. So, um, it was just cool to get, like, that inside um, insider information there. And that was good. I wish it was longer, honestly. And, like, just, like Me I too. said, more insider info. Anyways, it was good, though. So, for music, I don't want to give away all my 2021 picks. I'm going to go old school here. I've been listening to a lot of Bob Dylan recently. So, not even hip-hop at all here. This one oh. album I'll recommend, which is recommended by our uncle Pat. He gave me a bunch of Bob Dylan stuff to listen to, but I'm I'm a big fan of the album Time Out of Mind, which opens with the song called Lovesick, which is great. A lot of dark vibes on this album too, but also a lot of blues, as indicated by Dirt Road Blues, the second song on the album. I think it's really good, Matt. If you want like an intro to Bob Dylan, I would recommend this album. Maybe our uncle Pat would have a better so how he introduced me to Bob Dylan was that he curated his own playlist which has a bunch of his various songs from different albums showcasing his range of styles which I love that playlist but then it got me to this album which I'm like that's my favorite album of his that I've heard so far I'm sure there are tons more than I haven't heard but time out of mind Bob Dylan would recommend and then sticking with the old school theme this would be actually you Matt recommended this to me that I give these guys a spin was public enemy so i've been listening to fear of a black planet it takes yes. a nation of millions to hold us back and apocalypse 9 1 the enemy strikes black right now i can't really rank these albums i know traditionally people will put it takes a nation of millions to hold us back as number one fear of a black planet as number two and apocalypse 9 1 the enemy strikes black but to me these are all classic albums and i'll listen to them from start to finish i love yeah. the vibes the lyricism the, the the lyrical content as well i love those old school like this would be 80s and 90s hip-hop boom bap beats and super yeah. fun to listen to so thank you for that recommendation matt and i also endorse these three albums oh that's great to hear i mean me for music haven't really i've been slowing down on the 2021 just i don't know i've been listening to, i always get stuck into like re-listening to old stuff so i haven't really discovered anything new uh, in the last two weeks for music but i'm so happy to hear that about public enemy i listen to it takes a million it takes a nation of millions to hold us back at least once a week nice. straight through and it's just like 
the last part of the album is my favorite. So like like Black Black Still in an Hour of Chaos, so, like that that song, and then Prophets of Raid, Rebel Without a Pause. Like those last few songs on that album, I just love. Have you? Do you have any movie recommendations, Eric? Like I said, I got the exchange on tap, but movie recommendations? Okay. No, like I. I've not really been watching movies lately. I've, like I said, it's been really hockey and TV shows for me. Let me close this out then with a couple more movie things. Yeah, go for it. I'm recommending a movie app, actually. It's free. You can get it on your TV or your phone. I mean, I hope you can get it on your TV. But it's called Tubi, T-U-B-I. It's free movies with commercials, but their library is huge. And they don't just have horror or low-budget movies. They have mainstream stuff. And I watched a movie from 2015 that was nominated for Best Foreign Film. It's a Turkish movie called Mustang. Mustang, like the horse or the car. Okay, okay. It's, about five, it's about five girls, like young adults um, to teenage, teenagers to young adults. And like, it is so like, it's such a good drama and it's heartbreaking. It basically like, it's a critique on like how Turkish people treat women and like the old school values, like arranged marriage, not allowed to go out. What are you doing? We saw you like flirting with boys earlier. You can't leave the house now. Like it's all about that world and it's very powerful. And the ending had like left my, like me with my like jaw wide open. I was like, this is crazy. And the more I watched it, the more I was like, this is heartbreaking. But yeah, Mustang from 2015 turkish movie actually and like i can count the number of turkish movies i've seen on my two hands like yeah. less than 10 and the turin horse yeah <laughs> but tubi tv the app t-u-b-i like i have that on my phone on my tv like there's so many movies i could spend a whole month watching movies on this app it has a, a huge library and there's newer there's stuff like there's mainstream stuff that's my biggest recommendation right now that app okay. tubi I think we can close it off here. Like I, I don't want to rattle my whole watch list. I gotta save some for next time. Exactly. Okay, I'm gonna have to get on Tubi and then get my own yeah. movies to recommend and or money. So yeah, next episode. I mean, I think we had already talked about this and pretty much can just confirm that we're gonna do like our Marvel episode next. WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Black Widow. It's on tap. Next that's episode. gonna be a huge one that's huge be a episode. big one for sure we've all yeah. already given like a quick preview of wandavision a few episodes ago and um yeah i mean it's gonna be a fun one but this was really fun so again thank you very much katrina for joining us had a blast talking about music for movies and tv shows with you and yeah matt any final notes for the listeners no thank you everybody for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode and i hope everyone's having like a, like i hope Everyone's having a great day right now and not getting frustrated by like everyday life, but just like do like me and search any form of escapism, movies, TV shows, books, just like do the stuff you love. That's all. Couldn't agree more. And that's why we leave you with these recommendations at the end of the episode going forward. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. I love you all. And yeah, peace.